Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we got Rocky Lalvani with us. Rocky is an investor and a chief profitability advisor. That's a hard one to say for business owners. He is all about profit first. In fact, that is what he's here to talk about. So I am super excited because what is real estate without profit? So Rocky, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Gabe, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to be here. Excited to join you. Absolutely. Uh, I told you before we got on the air that uh, we always start with stories. We like to hear how people kind of got started in real estate. Um, so why don't you take us to your story? How'd you get started from the beginning? So I, I have a big gap in my real estate story. Uh, when we were growing up, we didn't have a ton of money. So if you wanted to live in a nicer house, you learned how to do everything. So I can lay tile, you know, put up sheetrock, run the electric. I figured that out how to do plumbing have a lot of and everything else. Yep. <laughs> I have an appreciation for the trades. And when I was in college, I got my realtor's license. I sold real estate. And then I got away from real estate and I, I went into a sales job and, and I did that for a long, long time. And I always knew about real estate. I always wanted to invest in real estate, but I just never pulled the trigger and took that first step. And then finally, probably like 20 some years later, I, um, you know, just constantly saying, I want to do real estate. I want to redo real estate. And I said to somebody, oh, I'm thinking about buying a rental. And they were like, well, we don't like where we're renting. Mm, give us some time and we'll think about it. And one day they call me up and they go, we're going to take you up on your offer. We want you to buy a place and rent it to us. I'm like, wow, oh, interesting. That's <laughs> So that I had different. my tenant first <laughs> and then we went and we shopped for a part property. I, I, I had spent so much time learning and understanding that I knew what to do. Just at least I thought I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we went out and we bought a property and, and they moved in and they helped a little bit with the, you know, the carpets and the painting and all of that. So it helped me get started. And that was my first uh, deal. Then I started doing more rentals and then we started flipping houses. And so that just kind of is, is what happened. So this all started probably 2011. I think a okay. big part of the impetuous then was, hey, I just lost all this money in the stock market. Let's try real estate. See <laughs> if I can lose it over there too. What the totally, hell? <laughs> totally reasonable. Uh, but that that is, I, I can honestly say that is the first time I have ever heard someone say that they found their tenant before they found their building. <laughs> so that is, uh, that is super unique. How, how did that come about? Did you, it was just a friend of a an acquaintance. It, it was a it was a friend who was over for dinner, and I think I just got onto the topic because at that point real estate had had plummeted, mm. and I was like, oh, you know, we've always thought about doing rental real estate, maybe getting involved, and I just haven't done it yet, you know. Mm. And they were just like, oh, well, maybe we'd like to rent for me, and it was just a casual conversation until three months later when I got a phone call. <laughs> and that's what kicked me to take the first step. And then I was like, okay, literally, I called up the realtor. I go, get me all listings over 180 days. I'm looking for divorces, problems, <laughs> like get me a deal somewhere. Well, at least you know how to find deals. That's I good. knew how to find, well, and that was the old way of finding deals. But, and we got much better after that. 
and we went and we literally looked at two houses um, that met our criteria. One was eh, the other one was like, hey, this is perfect. Negotiated for about hmm, three weeks on the deal. And then they took it and I became a landlord. That's that's great. <laughs> so the question is, do you still have that property in your portfolio? I do still have that property in my wow. portfolio. Um, our current tenant has just said that they are going to be moving out towards the end of the year. Mm. And I think when they move out, we're going to sell it. And the okay. reason we're going to sell it is our property prices have appreciated. Yep. Our rents have not followed mm. as well, especially it. So this is an upper end. This is a class A house, four bedroom, two and a half bath, two car garage. In our market, I just can't get that premium rental. So yep. at this point, with what I'm making percentage wise, it, it makes more sense to cash out and and wait. I mean, had I done this pre-COVID, I would have cashed out and bought two rentals, half and half, and I probably would have upped my rent rolls by 50% with the same amount of money. It just wasn't right. this. I bought that property for a very different reason when I bought it. It was yep. 2011. We still were unsure of where the economy was going. Yep. It's like, hey, I, I need an inflation hedge. Right. I, I was only 10 years wrong on inflation, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's the why good we thing bought. is, is you, you've analyzed the situation in the current market. So it sounds like, I mean, I've always told people, keep your properties. You're going to regret it when you sell it. But that is not always the case. You've, you're, I mean, you're in an area where the rents are not, are not matching the appreciation. So it makes sense in your situation to actually sell your property and take that, that windfall. It does. And I think had it been a little bit more of a normal market. So what we've seen is prices really going up at the lower end, but mm -hmm. not at the upper end. Right. And when they come back down, then I'll just go buy two houses at the lower end for what I sell the upper end for. And that'll be a much, much better cash flow situation. Makes a lot of sense to me. And yeah, this is totally off topic. We're not going to stay on this very long, but I just saw a, um, the, I think America's most expensive house just went on, uh, on auction in California, be, they intended to sell for five hundred million, and it auctioned off at one hundred and twenty-nine million. That is quite a uh, quite a drop because those upper end houses, man, you gotta you gotta watch out. You gotta watch out for those. And that's what happens in our neighborhood. If you think about it, if you buy an upper end house and you're a buyer, you want what you want. You don't mm -hmm. want what somebody else wants, and so it makes it very hard to sell. Absolutely. All right, so that's how you got started. That's uh, you know, it's a great. It's great that you still have it in your portfolio. I always, um, you know, those first houses that you buy, people tend to sell them just because they get in a situation where they need to. But you, you know, you still have it. You're going to be selling it soon. Um, but I want to move on because you are here to talk about profit first, and that is a topic that I feel is super important, especially on the commercial side, because so many investors they buy a property not thinking about cash flow. Um, and they don't, they don't really dig into the profit first model. So can you go over that real quick? What is the profit first model from a 10,000 foot view? So profit first is a book by Mike McCallowitz. Mike's a serial entrepreneur. He was not in the real estate space, but it, you know, it's all the same kind of concepts, sold some businesses, walked away with a lot of money and quickly lost it all. 
Nice. And he said, how do we screw this up? Like, how, how, how is this possible? And what he realized is that we have the wrong equation for profit. We're told sales minus expenses equals profit, which means profit's a leftover, right? A lot of times it sounds like on your business deals, nobody is looking at the profit, the cash flow. It's a leftover. Mike said, let's change the equation to sales minus profit equals expenses. So we calculate our profit first and we take it off the top and then we pay our expenses. And if we can't pay our expenses, we know our business model is broken. We have to do something about it. So in a situation like real estate, you know, you make your money when you buy the real estate, right? Mm. Profit is not an event at the end with real estate. That profit is determined by how well you buy up front and how well your cash flow looks up front. And so you really need to take the time to do it. And I think too often in real estate, we get emotionally involved yep. and then we fudge the numbers to best case scenario instead of worst case scenarios. And we don't do all the modeling. And so profit first is more of a mindset to say, hey, sit down, model out the deals. And so I'll do that. I work with a lot of real estate investors and we'll look at, they'll, they'll say, hey, I want to buy this property. Okay. It's X amount of money. We're going to do an Airbnb on it. Okay. How much money are you going to make? This is what we think we can make. I'm like, those sound like tight margins for an Airbnb. I'm like, if, if the Airbnb market doesn't work in your neighborhood, could you rent it and still cover your mortgage? They're like, no. I'm like, oh, now we've got a cash flow problem, right? How easily could you sell this property? You know, what happened in 2008? Did it work? Did it not work? So just running the different scenarios looking at different exit strategies, modeling what the different things that could possibly happening and put paper, pen to paper. And the other thing we do is we actually take our money aside. So everyone calculates vacancy, right? Yep. Everyone calculates repairs. How many people actually every month take money out for repairs and put it in account marked repairs? How many people take money out for vacancy and put it in an account marked vacancy? So that when repairs come up, it's not, how am I supposed to pay for that? It's, hey, we've got a repair budget. Go ahead and do it. I don't, I don't want to, but I can cover it. Hey, I've got a vacancy. My cash flow sucks this month. Oh, look, there's money in my vacancy account because I actually said I was going to put money aside for vacancy. So creating all these different pots to put your money into so that it's easily discernible what its purpose is and what you're going to use it for. And profit has its own pot and we put money in profit and then we decide how we're going to reinvest that. I think with real estate, people are, you know, every time they see a dollar, they want to throw it in another property. And that's wonderful, (laughs) but your cash flow implodes because it takes time for that dollar to bring the money back in the door. And then they wonder, well, I have all these rentals. I have all this rent. Where's my money? It's like you screwed it up because you didn't plan out your cash flow. Yeah, man, I uh, that's a very timely message actually because um, my I'm the kind of guy like I just go head first and I just get projects done and I I really am focused on making the mo- the needle move. Um, and my girlfriend is she's a little bit different. She likes to uh, you know look at the holistic picture and kind of see where the money's going. And so I had always been the kind who just if the if the bank account was getting bigger, then I'm okay. You know, everything is safe. Um, but she started, you know, she set it up in, in my different, you know, my different property accounts 
She set up a, 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 a sub account that had um, repairs, a sub account for property taxes, a sub account for all these different things. And I'm, I'm watching it in, you know, QuickBooks and I'm like, this is actually really genius. I mean, it's a, it's a really good idea. Even if I did purchase correctly, I still didn't have that, those bucketed amounts in the mm-hmm. accounts and seeing it um, on, in QuickBooks is actually pretty, uh, it's pretty useful. So that is a really good advice that I, that I would uh, highly encourage others to, to take suit. And that's exactly what we're talking about is what she does. I mean, that, that right there, if everyone does it, that's perfect. And you don't need me to do that. You can go do it yourself. Yep. And if, um, especially if you don't have, you know, if you have a mortgage and, but the mortgage, um, the, the, the note servicing company is not taking out property taxes. That is such an easy bill to sneak that it sneaks up on you. It happened to me this year. There was a $10,000, you know, um, bill that just came up and I was like, where the hell did this come from? I did not. I totally forgot about property taxes. And you knew it was coming. You just forgot. Right. And, And that's what happens. And you start multiplying that and things go south very quickly. Perfect. I love it. Um, so it sounds like, I mean, you've dealt with plenty of investors out there, you know, who have issues like this. What is the, the margin for error that you generally suggest people build into their pro formos? So we build margin at every step of the plan, right? So if it's a rental, let's, let's do a 10% margin on the income coming in. If there's a rehab, let's do a 10% margin on the rehab, um, so I try and, and when we do a rehab budget, we always we rehab budget worst case. Hmm. And then we do another 10%. We want to know that we've got margin that if we keep screwing things up, we're still going to be okay. In today's market, that's really difficult to do, right? Yeah. And, and I get that. Um, but everyone still wants to do deals. People don't have patience. Yeah. And you know, yeah. that's a choice you make. Yep. Yeah. Today's market. I mean, so I uh, focus on self-storage and mobile home parks and cap rates are down in the sixes now. And it's just like, it, it's just a really low cap rate. Um, and there's not a lot of margin for error. So I, I, you know, if, if you're out there looking at deals, um, I would not, I would suggest putting that 10% in there, just like Rocky suggests, because things can think, you know, shit can hit the fan. Um, you know, you might run into prop, maintenance issues that you didn't understand that you didn't think were there. And that when that happens, you definitely need that, that little cushion in there. Well, I think the second half of that is let's face facts. We, we are dealing with inflation today. Yeah. Interest rates have been artificially kept low by the government. They are now talking about five to seven interest rate hikes this year. Wow. I I, yeah. And they'll be small, but, that these are the the conversations that are going on. I grew up in the late seventies and early eighties. I remember interest rates at eighteen wow. percent. I remember people selling houses and holding the notes at twelve percent because that was the only way they could sell their house. Nobody could afford the eighteen percent interest rates. Wow. People today are buying payments. They are not buying the actual value of a property. If if interest rates go up, one of two things has to happen. Either people are going to buy down, meaning they're, they're going to spend, you know, they're going to have to buy a lower property, or they're going to they're going to ask for discounts. 
And we have never seen interest rates this low in the past. This is, you know, if you can lock in, like if you go buy a one to four unit and you lock in a 30 year loan today at three, four, 5%, that's your inflation hedge. As long as you keep that property in that 30 year note, you are golden. Go do that. I, I, that is the way to do it. But if you're getting a commercial loan and in five years they can call it or they can up your rates, you've got to plan for that. Are rents going to go up enough to cover your new mortgage payment? You can model all this stuff out. It's not that difficult to do. Instead of putting, you know, four and a half percent in the calculator, put seven in and see what happens. You'll know. And that's the one thing people don't talk about in 2000. And it is not even just 2008. If the bank gets a little uptight with you and they they think your property prices have dropped, they're going to do margin call. And if you can't meet margin call, then they're going to come foreclosure on your properties. That's what, you know, Dave Ramsey. Explain real quick. uh, Explain real quick to everybody what margin call is. So let's say I've got a million dollars in real estate and I need to keep debt to equity ratio 80-20, right? So bank lent me $800,000. I bought a million dollars of property. Life is good. Property keeps appreciating. So they say, all of a sudden we hiccup in the economy and all of a sudden the bank decides that your property is now only worth $800,000. And they're like, well, wait a second. We got an, you know, $760,000 loan out here. We don't have any margin. Our, you know, our investors and the, the, the regulators are freaking out over this. So I need to make sure we have 20%. So I need 160. You got 40. So I need 120 grand. Get wow. us 120 grand or we're going to sell off part of your portfolio or we're, you know, and once huh. you get into that I did cycle, not know that was it is over. Possible. That is, if uh... you don't have a fixed rate loan, right. For the 30 years, like a Fannie Mae or a Freddie Mac or one of those, or they have the ability, go read your terms. Hmm. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. It I'm, is crazy. Uh, I'm really interested to see what these next few you know years have in store for us. I actually I just got um, a seller financed uh, loan. Um, I got a seller to finance a property for me, and I negotiated six percent interest. I thought that was super high. I was like, man, I'm giving this guy a deal. But I hear people, you know, in a generation before me, who were you know live who were buying properties in the '90s, the '80s, and those eighteen percent interest is absolutely absurd. Nothing would pencil at eighteen percent. The house we live in, we bought in 99. And when I bought this in 99, our interest rates, I think, were 8%. Yeah. And I've seen it drop all the way through. I mean, I paid it off, but like it, it's, it continued to drop during that whole period. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. It's crazy. People forget what it's yeah. like. And when you get into those, in those times, real estate is going to get affected. And I think that's one of the reasons real estate has appreciated is because the cost of borrowing money is so low and the ease of borrowing money, especially in 2006 and seven was ridiculous. And we saw what happened. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, this is a really good topic to go on and I love everything we've touched on, but I just checked the clock. It looks like we have passed our 15 minute mark. So (laughs) I got to push us into the quick question round. Are you ready? Yes. Let's roll. All right. 
it starts out with books because I'm a big bookie. I know which one you're going to recommend. So I'm, I'm excited for this. Give me two book recommendations, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific. So for real estate, the book on negotiating real estate, this real is Jay estate. Scott's book. Um, yeah. This is where the money is made, the upfront negotiation, not at the back end, on the front end. And in general, the road less stupid. Advice from the chairman of the board, Keith Cunningham. It just <laughs> teaches you to think about what you're about to do. So yeah. plan it out, think. And by the way, Keith lost a whole crap load of money, I think, in 2008 when the market turned down in real estate. So oh, he'll probably tell you about that story. I like uh, I like the, the title too, The Road Less Stupid. That's pretty good. All right, moving on. Um, this one is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Rocky who say was still a uh, an agent just getting out there, go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Just go buy the damn properties now. Real estate is about time. I mean, I would have had so much more money had I just started buying properties. That uh, That sentiment has been echoed across so many different episodes is that investors all wish they had started sooner. So if you're just getting started out there, now is the best time. Go get yourself a, go get yourself a property. Um, all right. And then moving on, this one is for the US. There are plenty of square miles out there to invest in. So what market are you most excited about? As I look across the real estate markets, I think what I see is really hot is Nashville right now. Mm. Booming. Oh, I love Nashville. It's it's incredible. The other area I would say is uh, parts of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not a fan of Florida, but that's just me. It, it's I think it's a great market. I just prefer to live in the other areas, and I, I like to be local to my real estate. Yep, makes sense. All right, so next one is your Superman strength. We are all gifted with something that we specifically can do very well. Um, no one has an exception. We all have gifts. So what is one thing that you feel you're exceptional at? The first electronic spreadsheet came out in the early 80s. It was called VisiCalc. I was teaching accountants how to go from paper ledger to electronic spreadsheets when I was in high school. Wow. All our deals are put on Excel, right? We run the numbers. That is what I do. And that's what I help people do. We just run the numbers. We look at good, bad, ugly, and we figure it out. And then we forecast cash flow. All done on an Excel sheet. Oh, man, you are the OG Excel uh, Excel nerd. I love it. Um, all right. That leaves us to the very last question. You've given us a lot of good advice. I'm sure people out there want to get in contact. What is the best way for them to do that? Hey, before you get in contact with me, would you do me a favor? If you like Gabe and the work he's doing here, give him a shout out, give him a like, give him a share. He would very much appreciate that. And I if appreciate you'd li- that. <laughs> if you'd like to find me, I teach about everything I do so you can implement on your own. The best place is uh, Profit Answer Man Podcast. And the website is ProfitComesFirst.com. Perfect. That is ProfitComesFirst.com. I'll put that URL in the show notes. So if you all want to get in contact with Rocky, just click a little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description. And in there, you can find Rocky's URL. So Rocky, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thank you so much for having me. A lot of fun today.
Absolutely. And for everybody who is here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can go home with and apply to your own investing business. Before you go, I have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to take your business to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you available on the website. This ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find a deal that's actually a deal, how to finance that deal with little to no money down, and how to exit a deal for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I'm going to bury you in bonuses, seven of them to be exact. First, you'll get the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating real wealth in real estate. Then you'll get the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools and systems and even the vendors we use to grow our business. After that, you will get the top 100 best performing keywords pack, which will give you the exact keywords we use to target leads online and generate leads without having to lift a finger. Next, you'll get the contracts bundle for wholesaling and renting real estate, which will give you access to all of the contracts we use in the field to execute all types of transactions. After that, you'll get the investor's quick analysis calculator and offer tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. Next up, we'll give you the Investor's Daily Success Tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And finally, you will get the Wholesaler's Template for Quick Assignment Cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently to our buyers. I know that is a ton of things to say. I'm glad you were able to stick with it. Uh, so you'll get both the ebook and all of those seven free bonuses when you download the ebook today. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you are interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page and take advantage of that deal. With that housekeeping item covered, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, 
go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.